I want to be remembered as a woman of God. My name is Candace Ward, and I am Legacy. I want my life to show that there is always hope. My name is Regina Byler, and I am Legacy. I want to be remembered as a joyful servant. My name is Dana Schmucker, and I am Legacy. My name is Glenn Sharp, and I want to reach the lost at any cost. And I want to leave this as a legacy when the Lord takes me home. I would like my life to be a testament to living faith. My name is Micah Noble, and I am Legacy. I want to be remembered as a confident leader. My name is Brooke Boyds, and I am Legacy. I want to be known as a servant of Jesus. My name is Max Beck, and I am Legacy. I want to be remembered as someone who gave hope to the fatherless. My name is Terry Wagner, and I am Legacy. I want to be known as a warrior who stands up for my family. My name is Carl Whitmer, and I am Legacy. I'd like to be known as someone of acceptance and encouragement to others. My name is Sue Wolf, and I am Legacy. I want to be remembered as a dedicated Christ follower who seeks and saves the lost. My name is Keith Hankins, and I am Legacy. I want to be known as a God-fearing man. My name is Luis Espinosa, and I am Legacy. I want to be known as someone that served Christ to the fullest. My name is Dick Gingrich, and I am Legacy. I want to be remembered as someone who's genuine. My name is Kayla Salkert, and I am Legacy. I want to be known for someone that puts others first. My name is Cody Powers, and I am Legacy. I want to be on mission to be God's hands and feet. My name is Julie Hankins, and I am Legacy. I want to be known as a person of grace, faith, and hope. My name is Mike Flora, and I am Legacy. I want to be known as an instrument for God. My name is David Myers, and I am Legacy. I want to be remembered as a faithful servant to the Lord. My name is David Eisfelder. I am Legacy. Eight months ago, we had that introduction to the theme of our year. 
And many of you walked out on this stage and held up your legacy. You made a commitment that this is how you want it to be remembered and how you want it to live. And then many of you, hundreds literally of you, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you went and had your portrait taken out in the foyer. And right now on the wall out in the west foyer is this wall says, I am legacy. And on that wall is a commitment that you made. And you said, this is how I want to be remembered. So now we, we fast forwarded eight months. How are you doing? Have you lived up to that legacy? Have you lived it out? Have you done it well? Are you still that person? And for some of you today, it's a new chance for you to say, you know what? This is how I want to be remembered. This is the legacy that I want to live. Every single one of us in this room are living a legacy. It's either a good legacy, a godly legacy, or it's a legacy that's, that's not godly. And so some of you in this room have a chance from this day forward to rethink this whole concept. This is our theme for this year. And so not very often we go back and say, okay, how are we doing we throw these ideas, we throw these truths from Scripture at you, and we let you and me live them out. And now we have a chance to walk back and pull away and say, okay, let's measure this. How am I doing? Am I on track? Am I being the person that I committed to being? Am I that person that God has, has laid out there and has called my life? Am I living that out? When you leave today, before you leave, I encourage you to walk out in the West for you, and I want you to look at that person that you were eight months ago. And that commitment that you made for many of you and ask this question, how am I doing? Am I becoming the person that Christ wanted me to be? Am I that person that I said I would be? Without that being said, then who are you? Are you any different than you were eight months ago? I'm standing here giving a message of similarity, and I'm going to repeat the same theme to you today. And I'm going to ask you this question, and you have another eight months to live it out. Will you be at the same spot you were eight months ago, or will you continue to climb and be more Christ-like? Or have you reverted back being the person that you don't want to be? All through the Bible, there are stories of people who have stood out, stood above, and have taken a stand for Christ in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of, 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 of hardship. And there are some who just stood up and they stand out. And their names kind of just jump out 3D in Scripture because they've left a godly legacy that lives on beyond them. I want you to turn in your Bibles, and we're going to look at a few of those today. I want you to turn to the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 11. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to take a look at some of these people who stand out, stand above. If you need a Bible, hold your hand up. We'll put a Bible in your hand. And once again, if you don't have a Bible, take this one home with you. And if you need this Bible, bring it back next week. That way you don't have to raise your hand this on next Sunday. This is our gift to you. And if you have a Bible at home, bring your Bible. Make that a habit to bring your Bible on Sunday mornings. But turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, and let's look at verses 32 through 40. Hebrews 11. When you find that, stand with me. We're going to read it together. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 32 to 40. In this chapter, you will find a list of people who lived out their legacy in such a way that it got inscripturated forever. Because they stood out for Jesus Christ, and they stood up for Jesus Christ. So turn to Hebrews chapter 11, and let's look at verses 32 through 40. Let's read it out loud together. Ready? Read. 
By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies. I backed you up a verse. Read verse 31. Go ahead, back up verse 31. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned and they were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. You have a seat. There's a lot of incredible persecution that these individuals face. They walked in the midst of trial and they stood out because they stood up for something. And they stood up for God. The question today for us is, is what kind of legacy are you leaving? How will you be remembered? The truth is this, you will be remembered for something. If the rapture occurred today, or if you passed away today, and someone walked to your funeral this week, you passed away, how will you be remembered? They'll say something. They'll say something about your character. They'll say something to how you touch their lives. They'll, they'll know what you live for, your children, if you have children, your classmates, your teachers, your, your sports coaches, your bosses, all of those people, your wife, your husband, they will all know something about you by the way you lived your life. And so your legacy has the potential to live beyond the grave in a godly way. Every day presents a new choice and a new chance. I love that about our Savior. It's not like he said, okay, I gave you 10 chances and you screwed up, you're done. It's a chance today to, to jump back into this thing called life and, and to live for Christ and to leave a legacy that makes a difference in our world. Deep down, you must come to a point where you ask yourself these kind of questions. Listen to some of these questions and just ask yourself this, these questions again this week and even this morning. Think about these questions. First question is this. What will my life add up to? I'll just stop and pause. All that you've done so far, what has it added up to? If you would measure, subtract, multiply, and take all these things that you've done, what does it weigh? What does it come out to be? What does it add up to? For the many years that you've been here, what does, has your life, how are you being remembered? What have you accomplished for God for good? Or this question, what will I live for? Why did you get up this morning? Why will you get up tomorrow morning by God's grace? Why did you live last week? Why did you live these past eight months? Why did you live this past year? What's the purpose in your life? Is it just to punch into life, punch out, go to sleep, go to work? Is that your purpose? Why do you live? What's the motivating factor behind life itself? 
Why do you live? Why did you come to grace this morning? Why did you wake up? Why will you leave here? Or how about this? How do you want to be remembered? I think deep down inside, all of us want to be remembered for something. And we want to be remembered for something that's valuable and good. You saw the list of these people who came out and they shared their legacy. And now they have a chance to say, how am I doing? What do you want to be remembered for? Or how about this? What will they say about me when I die? What will people say about you when you die? Or this question, why is it important that I live? Why do I live and why is it important that I live? Because I have this gift and this talent. And so I need to live this life that God has given me so that I can do this and do that for his glory. I read you a story eight months ago that I think best exemplified legacy in the godly one. And I want to open up this message today with that story that I gave you eight months ago. And I'm going to ask you to think about this and ponder on it and let it dig deep into your soul. Listen to this account regarding legacy. Unfavorable winds blow the ship off course. And when they do, the sailors spot uncharted islands. They see half a dozen miles rising out of the blue South Sea's waters. The captain orders the men to drop anchor and goes ashore. He's a robust man with a barrel chest, full beard, and curious soul. On the first island, he sees nothing but sadness. Underfed children, tribes in conflict, no farming or food development, no treatment for the sick, no schools, just simple, needy people. The second and following islands reveal more of the same. The captain sighs at what he sees. There's no life for these people. But what can he do? Then he steps on to the last and largest island. The people are healthy, well-fed. Irrigation systems nourish their souls, and roads connect the villages. The children have bright eyes and strong bodies. The captain asks the chief for an explanation. How has this island moved so far ahead of the other islands? The chief, who is smaller than the captain, but every bit is equal in confidence, gives a quick response. Father Benjamin, he educated us in everything from agriculture to health. He built schools and clinics and dug wells. The captain asks, can you take me to see him? The chief nods and signals for two tribesmen to join him. They guide the captain over a jungle ridge to a simple, expansive medical clinic. It's equipped with clean beds and staffed with trained caretakers. They show the captain the shelves of medicine and introduce him to the staff. The captain, though impressed, sees nothing of Father Benjamin. He repeats his request. I would like to see Father Benjamin. Can you take me to where he lives? The three natives look puzzled. They confer amongst themselves. After several minutes, the chief invites, follow us to the other side of the island. They walk along the shoreline until they reach a series of fish ponds. Canals connect the ponds to the ocean. As the tide rises, fish pass from the ocean into the ponds. The islanders then lower the canal gates and trap the fish for harvest. Again, the captain is amazed. He meets fishermen, workers, gatekeepers, and net casters. But he sees nothing of Father Benjamin. He wonders if he's making himself clear. 
I don't see Father Benjamin. Please take me to where he lives. The trio talks alone again. After some discussion, the chief offers, let's go up to the mountains. They lead the captain up a steep, narrow path. After many twists and turns, the path deposits them in front of a grass roof chapel. The voice of the chief is soft and earnest. He has taught us about God. He escorts the captain inside and shows him the altar, a large wooden cross, several rows of benches, and a Bible. Is this where Father Benjamin lives, the captain asked? The men nod and smile. May I talk to him? Their faces grow suddenly serious. Oh, that would be impossible. Why, the captain asked. He died many years ago. The bewildered captain stares at the men. I asked to see him. You showed me a clinic, some fish farms in this chapel. You said nothing of his death. You didn't ask about his death, the chief explains. You asked to see where he lives, and we showed you. Legacy, a godly legacy, can live way beyond our lives. The question is this, and it's a difficult question to ask today, but for you and for me, the question we have to ask each other is, what will we leave behind? All of us will leave something behind. And, and much like Father Benjamin, he left a village that was taught, and they lived beyond him, and all the truths that he passed on to them, they continued to put them into place, and people were healthy, people were growing. Our people, do people benefit as a result of you investing in them? Or when you die, nothing changes around you. How will you be remembered? How are you remembered? How have you done over the last eight months? You know, January for all of us is always a good year to make commitments. I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to, get, I'm going to run three miles a week. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to be spiritually healthy. I'm going to have good devotion. I'm going to be emotionally healthy. I'm going to be a better dad. I'm going to be a better mom. I'm going to be a better student. I'm going to be a better son. I'm going to be a better daughter. And we charge into this new, 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 new year with these desires. And then all of a sudden, February 14th comes. And from then on out, we just kind of vacillate. And this person we wanted to be was good for a while. And then we walk through the, the summer months and, and we kind of go into this retreat mode. And then September comes back and we rethink about it. So how have you been over these last eight months? Have you lived to your full potential and the redemptive potential that Christ has created you to live? Ephesians 5 and verses 15 and 16 reminds us that we should make the most of every opportunity, every day, every second, every hour, every minute to bring him glory. Here lies the problem, though. Some of us still don't even know why we're living and what we're living for. We don't. We don't have any idea what we're living for. We wake up, we punch in, we punch out into life. We haven't taken time to pull away and ask God, okay, God, why did you create me? Where's my gift package? And some of us just say, well, I'll live for God when I'm an adult, while I'm going through school, I'll just kind of just, just vacillate back and forth through school. Listen, wherever age you're at, God has a purpose for your life, and you're supposed to make an impact to those around you. Others think that their dream or legacy isn't big enough. Some are just, quite frankly, just living for themselves. It's not the size of our dream that matters, but the fulfillment of it. Every legacy must include impacting someone else. 
Every legacy must be other-driven. Every legacy, must you must spend your whole life working to become more like Christ and as a result of that, impacting others. Truth be known, do you know why you were put on earth? Do you know the skill package? Do you know that what you're doing is exactly what God wants you to do? How do you know the answers to those things? Often people ask me, say, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. How do you know, Pastor Jim, what it is that you're supposed to do? I always say this. Begin to listen to the voices around you. When someone sees you do something, when someone witnesses something that you've already accomplished and they, they call you out and say, you know what, you're good at that. You've impacted this life. Thank you. And so you begin to collect this, this whole bag full of these words along the way of people mentoring and pulling things out and telling you and you listen to those voices and you get away and you get this confirmation from God in your spirit that says, you know what, that's what I've been made for. You always know what you've been made for. You know, there's things that I do when I walk away from those things or I'm in the midst of doing them, I come away, I'm just juiced up. It's like, that's what I've been made for. It's like, that's what I've been made to do. And there are these things in my life that I pour into, I invest in, and I don't waste my time with all this other stuff. And I can't do all this other stuff. And so I don't even attempt to try to do all this other stuff because I know that when I'm in tune with God and I'm listening to him and I'm walking in the spirit and I do these things right here, I know this is what I've been made for. There are many things in my life as I begin to think about, you know, a few of them. I know I've been made to be a father, and I know I've been made to be a dad and a husband. I, 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 I just know that. And I love being a father, and I love, love, love being a husband. I also love hanging out with men. I love rubbing elbows and watching men come alive. There's nothing, like when I spend time with men, and I can challenge them in a godly way, and I can say, man, get with it. And I watch him get with it. Man, I just, makes me want to get with it. I just love pouring into young men's lives and grown men. And I just, I love those environments. Like even wild at heart. I will never run from wild at heart. Even when I'm 70 years old, I will not be the guy that is afraid to come because of some. Because too much good happens there. It just does. And so you will find me there. I'll be 70 years old and I'll be gumming people about getting with it. I just will. I might not be able to compete, but I will be there cheering on from the sidelines. Listen, when you know what you're supposed to do, don't let someone else tell you not to do that. Get in that arena. Now, let me just also say this. I also know this to be true. I also know that the things you're made to do, the enemy wants to keep you away from doing it. And so he will do everything he can to derail you from being there and being part of whatever that is. I love investing in men. I love sharing my faith. I love, I, 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 I love preaching. There's nothing, like, there's sometimes like God opens up this word and it's like, man, when I just see this, like, oh man, I can't wait to share that. Just, I know that that's, I love being visionary and casting vision. It's like, I love dreaming. I love looking down the road and think, oh man, if we could just get a hold of God's heart, imagine what could happen. I just, that, that's how I'm wired. And so that's what I invest in. What is it for you? What are the things that like you're just grabbing all the shirt tail of God and saying, God, just let me go on a ride with you for this. This is so great fun. Let me do it. Or are you just kind of retreating and backing away? Invest in those areas. 
The very reason you were made was to love God and to love others. Every legacy must include impacting someone else. I mean, look at these people here. Look, at, look again in verse 35 of this Hall of Fame. Look at some of the things that these people did. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging while, while others were, were chained and put in prison. Look at this next, verse 11, or 37. They were stoned and sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword, destitute, persecuted. And then it says the world was not worthy of them. You must make your life matter. If not, seriously, why live? Why live if it doesn't have purpose for God? What's the purpose of living if it's all for you? What's the purpose of doing the same thing over and over if it's all for you and it's not impacting others? Time can never be given back. And it's not too late to start today. We must live with purpose. You are not too old. Nor have you done something so bad that you can't start over. Begin today. Seriously, man, if you find yourself in the the, the ashes of your poor decisions, repent. Turn away from that path and say, God, I'm sorry. I want to renew. I love stories of overcoming. They're all through this place. They're all through Scripture. God is a God of second chances, third chances, a zillion chances. And praise God for that. And he wants us to get back up and live out our legacy in a way that's godly. Your legacy happens every day. Someone says, well, how do I know my... It happens every day. It's not like, okay, Jim, I'll make a decision on September, this Sunday, this Sunday, or in October, this Sunday, I'm going to make a decision to be a person that leaves a godly legacy. And it's like it's one and done. Let me tell you, your legacy is not a one-time decision that you raise your hand on this Sunday morning and say, I'm going to live a godly life. It's the thousands of decisions that you make every day that builds your legacy. It's on your way to Grace Community Church this morning. The conversations that you have with, you with your kids and your wife or your friends because when traffic got backed up. It's, it's the email that you sent last week when you were angry or when you were happy. It's the Facebook status that you put up about someone else. Was it good? Did it build up or did it tear down? It's the way you were a dad or a husband or a mom or a child. It's the conversation. It's, it's the relationship you have with that boyfriend or girlfriend when no one was there. It was just you and, and him or you and her and you're all by yourself. That's legacy. It's the conversation you have in the crowd when a ref makes a decision that you aren't pleased with. That's legacy. It's everything that you do, all the little things that are added up and weighed. That's how you'll be remembered. And that's why I say this. You must guard your name. Proverbs 22.1 says it this way. A good name, it is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. You know, you can gloss over that and you can say, well, that's, that, that's, you know, that's cool. Jim. Listen to me. Here's what that means. Your name and my name can be esteemed and could be more, worth more, as, more than gold or silver. If your name was lifted up in a public place this week in your community, in your school, students. How about school? When your name comes up, what are people going to say? What is the attributes that are attached to your name? What are they? How about in the workplace? Well, he always or she always. How about your child? What do they say about it? How about your wife or husband, whomever it is? When your name is brought up in a public arena, 
How is it spoken about? What do they say? And you know what they say? They say the things that you do and how you live. Guard your name. Things just don't happen by chance. Your legacy will not just happen by you not being intentional about it. There is history to your name too. Let me just say this too. You can't live someone else's name for them. You have to live your name and you have to live your legacy. You can't bank on the, 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 the laurels of the past of your dad or your mom. It's your life to live. It's your name to live. Live it out. One of the things I love doing, I love watching newborns come into the world. And I love watching people watch newborns come into the world. I love the nurseries at hospitals. I just do. I, I love, and then I love watching, walking down the hallway where they keep these beautiful, beautiful babies, boys and girls. And they keep these, these babies in a nursery. And so the parent, often the dad will stand outside and, and, and the family, and he brings the family down if they're not able to actually hold them in the room with the mom. And he points out and he says, see the baby in the back, three, three cribs over. That's my girl. That's my boy. And there's this sense of pride that wells up in a, in a father or an uncle or a grandparent. And they stand there. If you stand back and just look at the faces of the people, looking at the faces of the baby, you can see that there's this sense they are proud. And on the end of these, these containers that they hold the babies in, there's a name that's listed, and it's the name of the father normally that's there. And what happens is this. When a child is born, a child is giving given something from their parent, from their father that's been passed down. And so they literally are giving, given something to them by the way they live their life. Their legacy and the value of their name is given to that child. And so before that child actually ever talks its first word, or before that child ever takes its first step, and before that child literally ever takes formula or, 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 or food, it already has history attached to the name. And so many of us have had children, have said to our child when they're born, here's your gift. Here it is. This is my life. This is what you get. Let me ask you a question. Would you be proud to give the way you lived your life, that gift to your child? Part of the problem is this. Many of us have given our children a check-in and about two or three carry-ons when they're born. A baggage. It's like, child's born and this child is just like breathing its first breath. It's just hours old. It's in the nursery. And we've already given them a check-in and two other carry-ons as baggage. And we'll say, hey, here's your gift. Welcome to the world. Compliments of me. Think about this. All of us have been given our children before they're ever born, our history, our lives, our legacy. And the question is this, what are you giving them? And often, your child, who's precious, and you look at them, they're, 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 they're just a newborn baby, and they're so dependent on you. And as you carry them home, they got to take the baggage home with them. Here's your gift. Welcome to the world. Love, Daddy. Seriously, what are you giving them? Are you giving them uh, gifts of godliness and love and faithfulness and integrity? Or do they already have three feet in the ground they're t- almost ready just to be six feet under, and they're already buried halfway because of all the baggage that you've given them. Listen to me. Dads, parents, this stuff is important here. The way you live your life impacts other people. 
Your name should carry value and dignity and respect when it's brought up in the workplace. Listen to me, students. Your name means something in the halls of the school you go to. People talk about you. Your name means something. Fight for it. Defend that name. If someone says something disparaging about your name that's not true, you go and say, listen to me, that's not true. My name means something. I bear the name of Jesus Christ, and he bloodshed on the cross for me, and I want my name to carry his name. Fight for your name. My name means something to me. When my name appears on the back of any of my children's athletic uniforms, it means something to me. Because when my kids were born, I wanted to make them a commitment that, that I didn't give them a bunch of baggage, a couple check-ins and carry-ons. I wanted them to, to be able to, to have a name that, that dad, just when they think about him, hopefully it's godly and faithful. And so that when their name gets thrown into a list of resumes and, and they're looking for, to get a job, that they pull that name out and say, I'm going to give that Brown a chance. If he's anything like his daddy, let's give him a fighting chance. I want my kids to, to have favor over and above. And, 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 and I want them, when others see them on the, the, the baseball diamond or the cross-country course or the tennis court or, 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 the, or, the, or, the, or the basketball court, when they see this name, they say, man, that must, I bet that's a good kid. So what do they say when they see your name? Oh, boy, if he's anything like his dad or he's anything like his mom, whew, let's let him coach him. Your name means something. And the word of God says it can be as valuable as gold or silver. Fight for your name. Besides, some of you have had parents who have fought for your name too. They worked hard to pass down a name to you that was valuable. Don't throw that away. It took years for them to build that name. Time can never be given back either. You see, I desire that when my name is given to my children and then their children and their children and their children, that they keep looking back and saying, you know what, there's a generation of godliness because way back here there was someone who said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I take my name seriously. Because it was bought with a price from Jesus Christ. Every day I fight for my name. Some days it's harder than others. Some days I don't do as the kind of job that I want, but I make sure to repent and say, God, I'm sorry. Because everything I do impacts others and it impacts my kids, it impacts my wife. It's a daily battle. And I know this to be true, that one moment of weakness can wipe away 49 years of faithfulness. I want the brown name to carry dignity, respect, godliness, and faithfulness. It's the greatest gift I can give my kids. And one day my daughter will take her name, Hannah Catherine Brown, and she'll change it into something else if that's what God desires. My prayer is this. That when she gives up that name, she will say, it's been good to carry the name Brown. And then when my boys marry one day, Lord willing, if that's the path that God has for them, they'll get to pass on that Brown name. And the grandkids, their kids will say, wow, 
I've been handed something special and valuable, and I don't want to mess it up. People who fight for their name impact generations to come for God. Dads, listen to me. Allow your children to travel lightly. Don't make them carry the baggage of your decisions. Because when they go to college, they'll carry. And when they graduate from college and they carry. When they're in high school, they'll carry. When they go to get married, if you're a father and, 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 and they want to marry a girl, that dad of that girl is going to look at the name of that son and that dad and say, well, I'm not sure. Or, yeah. You will not get to the end of your life and leave your legacy in print by accident either. You have to be intentional about it. Some of you have had eight months, and I've had eight months. I put my legacy out there. My legacy is this. If you go out there, I want to be an inspiring influence to others for God. My prayer is this, that I begin with my family, and I begin with others, and I inspire them and influence them to Jesus Christ. Do you think Noah woke up one day and just decided to build an ark and all the Menards came with all their trucks and loaded up the wood? No, he was intentional about it. It took him almost 100 years to build this thing. Do you think Moses accidentally ended up in the basket as a baby and was found and taken into Pharaoh's care when all boys his age were supposed to die? No, someone was intentional about rescuing him and, and protecting him. Do you think that the pillars accidentally fell down for Samson when he rose from the ashes and he killed a thousand Philistines? No, he was intentional. He wanted to finish his life strong. Even though he failed miserably, he finished strong. How are you any different than you were eight months ago? Some of you were handed a great name. And frankly, you're just blowing it. Your dad and your mom fought for that name. And it carried value, and it gave, you a, uh, it gave you a seed in life that most kids never get because of faithfulness and godliness and, and value, and now you're just blowing it. A life of godly legacy will never be accidental. You must have a target. You must set goals. You must be intentional about it. There lies the problem with some of us, though. We haven't taken time in prayer and his word to ask what it is that God wants us to do this year. We just wake up and say, it's Monday. I can't wait till Saturday. I made it another week. Praise God. Listen, you have to have intentionality to your life. If you're not checking off goals and and desires and wishes, some of you don't even know. I mean, if you don't have, God, I want to be this in my health. God, I want to be this way in my spiritual walk. God, I want to be this way emotionally. God, I want to work this way at work. God, I want to do this in school. God, with your help, I want to accomplish this. If you can't measure, then you never know if you're accomplishing what God wants. Some of you just wake up, I hope for the best today. I wish I could... Walk into your future and say, this is your future nine months from now. This is who you'll be if you continue on this path. Luke 2.52 says, Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and his relationship with God and man. He was intentional. He grew too. Who you are today is the person you're becoming tomorrow. So just ask yourself this question. Who am I today? Who have I been today? The person you are today is the person you're becoming tomorrow. 
I often hear people say, oh, I hope one day that, that I'm like this. And, and you never see them work towards that. And you never see them do the little things now. Oh, I really love hanging out with men. And I love investing in men. And you never see them investing in men or hanging out with men. Or they make all the excuses so they don't. Oh, I'd really like to impact this area. And you never see them impact. The person you are today is the person you're becoming tomorrow. Do you like what you're seeing today? Do you like what you saw so far up to uh, 1239? Has it been a day that's like, oh, and then in case, oh, I better turn this around. I got like 12 hours left. Do you like who you are today? That person is who you're becoming tomorrow. These individuals who kept the message alive saw it in two. That was Isaiah. He died for a good cause, and he has some of the most beautiful, majestic words recorded in the book of Isaiah on the awesomeness of God. His testimony is still impacting others today. Those who faced the fiery flames, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we looked at last week. Man, those guys had faith, and they said, God, even if you don't rescue me, I still will not bow down to another God. That inspires me. Their legacy is still impacting me and you hundreds of years later. Let me just speak to other elderly people in this room, those in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. Don't believe the lie that your best years are behind you. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Listen to me for a second. You still impact other people's lives. People watch you. I am inspired by elderly people who stand and worship God, who go in the trenches and serve. I love watching people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. You inspire me. Because you know what? By God's grace, I'm going to be 60 or 70 or 80 one day. And that's a scary thought, but I will be. And I'm inspired by people who haven't said, you know what? I'm going to leave it for the younger ones. Let them live a while. Let them serve. I've had my time. That's a bunch of baloney. As long as you're alive, you serve God. You can inspire more. Listen, your grandchildren, your, your, the kids in the neighborhood that know that you're older, they watch you. Listen, your children still get value from your life. I still look at my parents' lives and, and I stand back and I've told them, I still am inspired by things that you do. And I've been gone for years. Listen to me. Don't ever believe that, that your legacy dies when you retire it's a bunch of baloney. You can still impact the world. I've told my mom and my stepdad and my dad that many times. I tell them, listen, I'm still watching you. I'm still inspired by you. There's things that you do. Man, I, I say, that charges me up. Just recently, my sister Jamie, I have three sisters, was back home visiting my folks my stepdad and my mom. My stepdad's been my stepdad for 45 years. So he's raised me since I've been four. And he's always poured these values into me. And, and so she was home visiting him because they weren't, my stepdad isn't, doesn't have the greatest health. He hasn't had a good year. And there was a couple moments we weren't sure he was going to make it. So we value every minute we get. I haven't lost a parent. Some of you have, and I'm sorry. So any moment I get with my stepfather or my dad or my mom is priceless to me. My stepfather turns 80 this month. My sister Jamie was home with my mom and my stepdad, and she woke up one morning, and they were out in the kitchen doing this, and she picked up her phone, and she recorded it, and it just inspires me. Watch this. My 80-year-old stepfather and my 72-year-old mom. 
Hmm. I don't believe in superstars or getting food in foreign cars. I don't believe the price of gold, the certainty of growing old. That right is right and left is wrong. That north and south can't get along. That east is east and west is west. And being first is always best. But I believe in love. Good morning. Good morning. I love this song. Andy's pretending that he can't walk. inspires me on many levels. See, I remember as a little guy when my stepfather stepped into my life, Andy, and he chose to take four kids in along with my mom. And he said, I'm going to love you, Jimmy. I'm going to be a dad to you. And I'm going to teach you things that uh, that'll be of value to you one day when you grow up. You see, I remember my stepdad telling me when I was just a little punk kid, Jimmy, you always love your wife until you die. Jimmy, you fight for your family. Jimmy, don't you ever leave your wife, Jimmy. And I remember these values that my stepfather passed to me. So when I see that at 80 years old, it inspires me. You see, you never know the impact that you can have until you live it probably truth be known in this room, some of us need to start living it. We have a great God who sent his son Jesus Christ to the cross and he took his name and put it on the cross and died for us and because of that, he gave us a chance to bear his name. And the name that we bear is Jesus Christ with our name. I don't take that lightly. And I want to live in such a way that if I would pass this week, that you would come to my coffin or I would go to yours and you would say, there lives a man who lived a life of faithfulness and his life lives beyond him. It's not rocket scientist, church. When I read that the world was not worthy of them, I say, oh God, please, if I can just impact my family, and when I pass, that somehow that something that I've passed to them is of value and dignity and respect and godliness, and it gives them favor in life, then I will have lived. Some of you might say, well, Jim, that's great. And you have a choice to make today. You can continue like you've been living for the last eight months. Nothing changes. Or you can have a resolve 
say, God, from this day forward, it's time that I put it into gear and I live like this is my last day and I live it for you. On the left of every aisle is a bag and I'm gonna ask the person on the left side to reach to the far left if you have to slide over and grab a bag underneath the chair. And in that bag is a bracelet. I'm gonna ask you to pass it across and for every person in every aisle, in every seat, to take a bracelet. And the last person... Take that bag and put it at the bottom of the outside of the aisle underneath the chair. I want you to take that bracelet and put it on your wrist, please. So take the bracelet, put it on your wrist, and on this wrist and on this bracelet are written these words, I am legacy. I'm going to ask you to do something this week. Some of you, like I said, you're, just, you're going to leave here and you say, well, that was a great message and, and you're going to do anything with it. Some of you are too entangled in trying to please yourself that you don't care at this moment. Some of you realize nothing has changed in nine months and you're thinking, how's this going to make a change? But some of you in this room get it. And those are the ones I'm speaking to now. And for me personally, if it's just one person just one in this room or one in the link, it says, from this day forward, I'm going to live a life that brings value to my name for the cause of Christ. And you know what? Then I can leave this place praising God. Every time you see this, it's a reminder that you will live with the resolve of godliness and faithfulness, integrity, and you say from this day forward, I will fight for my name and the legacy that I leave by God's grace will impact generations to come. I want to be that person. I will stand and fight for it. That's you. May God just unload heaven's resources and powers on your life and bless the snot out of you. I'm going to ask you to do something during this closing song. It's a song that carries weight to it. And Maya and Jeremy would attest to this. It's a song of, of a vow or commitment. It's saying, it's saying, may my life song be something. And these words are a vow or a testament that you will live this way. So I'm asking you to stand. And as we sing this song, this is a commitment that you're making. I want you to take the arm that bears that wrist or that band, and I want you to hold it forward, and I want you to hold it up throughout the song, and you're saying, God, may my life song be this. Listen to me. This song, it might, you might get tired. You might have to hold your arm up, but it's a commitment and a reminder that I want my life to be this. In Jesus' name, amen.